Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and SoundCloud. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. Well, for the first time, we will have a two-part podcast. It will be focusing on the recent news in college hockey and the coronavirus pandemic. Last Thursday, the Ivy League announced that it was canceling all winter sports. That meant that the six Ivy schools that participate in the ECAC hockey won't play. Then on Monday, RPI joined the Ivies in canceling its hockey season. The day after that, Union pulled the plug on its college hockey season. Before RPI and Union announced their decisions, I reached out to the ECAC Hockey Office to see if Commissioner Steve Hagwell would like to come on the podcast to talk about what the conference was going to do without the Ivy teams. I was told he was unavailable this week. On part one of the podcast, I will speak with Daily Gazette college hockey writer Mike McAdam to get his thoughts on what happened this week. First, I have sound from the press conferences that RPI and Union held via video earlier this week. We'll start with RPI. On the call were Athletic Director Dr. Lee McElroy, men's head coach Dave Smith, and women's head coach Brian Vines. Just a note, you will be hearing me typing as I was live-tweeting the press conference. McElroy had an opening statement, and then I asked Smith and Vines about the impact of the decision and McElroy the financial implications. Thank you all for being here. My two colleagues, uh, Brian Vines and and Dave Smith, uh, as you might imagine, um, you know, just met with our two teams, uh, and always a very uh, a difficult uh, and, and complex uh, discussion with them. They had lots of questions and lots of concerns uh, about our decision, how we went about that decision, and how we got to this point. So we addressed all of those, and as you well know, uh, uh, all of you in the capital region, uh, we're dealing what's now been called with the third wave. Um, of the pandemic. And, and so when we look at that, uh, we look at the health and safety of our community, uh, which includes our coaches and our student athletes and our faculty and our staff, uh, we had a very difficult decision to make and, and, and we made the decision uh, based on that information. Um, DCAC and, and the Liberty League were two separate decisions. People have asked me, uh, you know, why couldn't you come out with the decision at the same time? Uh, As you folks know, those are two different entities, uh, but yet uh, arriving at the decision based on the information that we had were comparable in many ways. You probably already know uh, that uh, earlier today, Vermont uh, put a halt on all of their athletic activities at least until December 18th, and they were scheduled to compete in men and women's ice hockey. So literally the ground is shifting every day with the pandemic and COVID-19 and in taking this action, uh, we think it's in the best interest of all concerned. So I'll just stop there uh, and entertain any questions that you may have. Thank you, Lee. Do we have any questions for either Lee, uh, Dave Smith, or Brian Vines? Ken? Yep. Uh, For both um, Dave and Brian, how does this, down the road here, how does this affect uh, recruiting? 
Uh, how do you manage to keep the players that are here from entering transfer the uh, transfer portal? Dave, if you want to start, please, and then Brian will follow. Uh, sure. Thanks, Ken. Um, and thanks, everybody, for being here. Obviously, not a uh, not an enjoyable day and, and hard to measure, um, really hard to measure today where we're at in the small scope of a global pandemic. And uh, after our call with Dr. McElroy and Kevin and the players of, of both the men's and the women's program, we just had a five-minute call with our guys. And um, while this decision maybe isn't a surprise um this has been very hard on the leadership of, of our hockey program which includes dr mcelroy um uh, the, the coaches our leadership group the players themselves i i feel um today was an opportunity for dialogue that has been much needed and quite honestly um I think one of the biggest points of frustration for the athletes in that they haven't had a voice other than through me, through Dr. McElroy, um, you know, to, to the cabinet and the board and Dr. Jackson. Um, so I think today uh, the discussion from Dr. McElroy was very good. And our players know that Dr. McElroy was, was fighting their fight. And that that's important um, in terms of what the next steps are. Um, I told our guys, I am a hundred percent remain committed to them as humans first to the, to the personal side of what they want. The only way uh, that that can happen uh, because I'm not a mind reader and I can't assume all of their different scenarios if they communicate with me, uh, but more importantly, com continue to communicate with me um, about what they're hoping for, what they're planning for, what their personal needs are. Some of their personal needs may be uh, the transfer portal. And um, if that's the way they want to go, then we absolutely will encourage them. Uh, but we'll also educate and inform them what it means to enter the transfer portal, what the landscape looks like across college hockey, um, and make sure they make an educated and informed decision that's best for them. Um, long term for RPI hockey, um, this, is a, this is a major blow. It's a major blow, but one that I know, um, you know, and, and in particular, our staff um, is what I can speak most about. Chuck and Scott and Matthias, uh, we've got unbelievable staff that has helped us create a lot of momentum that ended abruptly in March. And we will continue. Our guys have been working their tails off more um uniquely and creatively than before um and we will find a way back to 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 build on this past momentum um, it will absolutely be a challenge uh, but it's something i believe that this particular staff um can handle and you know we'll deal the cards that are dealt to us and i love the people that are playing the cards on our part brian for you yeah just to echo dave's uh, comments you know i think we always put the the student athletes first year and, uh, and I think that's what this decision is really about at least how I look at it um, my perspective you know we always say uh, safety health and well-being and and uh, and that's that's the top priority so uh, it's a difficult day it's it's disappointing um, you know we're going to digest it over the next few days and, and continue the communication process with our student athletes and 
uh, where their heads are at, but uh, continue to provide, uh, you know, a great experience. And, you know, they're here for, uh, for their academics as well. And that's really been where we've had to shift our focus uh, this semester and making sure they're staying on track and um, towards their degrees and, you know, and their other, uh, their other priorities uh, in our community and, and things like that. But, um, you know, how it's going to impact the program, you know, we'll see, but, uh, you know, kind of today's point, we'll, we'll be creative. Uh, as always, we'll provide the, the support, uh, give them the best uh, experience uh, that, uh, that we can offer. Uh, that's always been uh, the goal here. And, um, and then it'll be an individual basis with, with each player and, uh, and a discussion. And, uh, and like Dave said, an informed one. We just want to make sure they make uh, the best decision for their academic career, their hockey career, and their life. And if I can follow up with Lee, uh, Kevin, uh, what's the financial impact of this, uh, Lee? Well, <laughs> um, I'm involved in two leagues, Liberty League, um, the ECAC, and I'm involved in NACTA, uh, the National Association of College Athletic Directors, as a board member. There's no organization that is not adversely impacted financially by the pandemic, it just varies in scope. So obviously, uh, men and women's ice hockey is no different. The coaches talked about the players' reaction to the news. Sure. Um, you know, we've, we've tried to be honest and transparent with our team um, right from uh, from March, really, when, when this all hit us. And, uh, and, and, you know, just in communication with them on a – on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, monthly basis, updating them, you know, looking around uh, the, the country and the world, really, uh, on where things are going and, and continuing to explore their options and, you know, what the fall semester could look like, what uh, the spring semester could look like. Um, so, that, you know, that's really, um, I guess, where, where we're at with it. Dave? Yeah, very, very similar. Um, I mean, they officially found out this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Um, but unofficially, as Brian said, we've done nothing but be open and honest with them, uh, treat them as owners of the, our hockey program. Um, and they have, uh, you know, when we have information, they have information. If they need help processing it, we help them process it. Um, we've had, uh, you know, Zoom calls with, with their families. We've had individual meetings repeatedly. Our last individual meeting was um, last week, um, every member of our team, and it was um, in advance of any decision, positive, neutral, or negative. Uh, we were laying out what the, the map for each of them as individuals would look like so they would be prepared for any moment. And um, so I think today... Uh, really, uh, it, w it was was the announcement that helps them take the next step in their personal plan. The coaches then talked about the many ways they tried to convince the school to try and play. Um, pushback is 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 maybe a different word, but the opportunity for dialogue. This is what's been so challenging during the pandemic. Um, Decisions made at RPI are made at the highest level. Board of Trustees, President, Cabinet, um, and, and Dr. McElroy is on that Cabinet. Our players' voice was, to me and our staff, 
our voice was to Dr. McElroy, and absolutely, I don't think a day went by that I didn't push back uh, to Dr. McElroy, and then he in turn would um, run that to the cabinet and the, and the, the, the president and the board. Um, and our players know that Dr. McElroy was very much supportive of everything. And, and I know that our program tried everything possible, um, every suggestion, everything inside the box, outside the lines. Um, we open it up for our players for creative ideas, and, and those haven't stopped, um, you know, and, and probably won't stop. Even on the call, some new great ideas were coming up. So um, pushback is maybe not the right term that, that I would use, but um, we did have dialogue. But what was hard for the student-athletes is um, on a typical weekend, they can voice their um their strengths, if you will, by their play on the ice. And the commentary and the narrative is by how they played, played well, played poorly. And in this pandemic, it's put a lot of strain on all types of leaderships um, because of the, um, uh, because of the uh, severity of the pandemic. Thank you, Dave. Brian, anything to add from your perspective, please? Uh, not, not really. I mean, I, I you know, today's point again, I, you know, you're, you're always advocating, uh, you know, our, our players are here, uh, you know, hockey's a, a huge part of, of obviously what, what, why they're, you know, enrolled at our school. They're extremely passionate about it. Um, you know, it's every day, even through the pandemic training, doing body weight exercises uh, in their, in their homes uh, now, you know, on campus, uh, all, all these different things. So, you know, that, that is our job is to advocate, you know, on behalf of them and, and our programs, um, but we have great leadership at the school, and, and like I said, our priorities are, are totally in line. You know, we talk about that with our team uh, every day. You know, if, if the safety, health, and well-being isn't there, then the academics, the hockey, you know, all those things, um, you know, uh, you, you struggle in those things. So it's trying to remind our, our team, you know, especially through a difficult time, obviously they, they want to play, we want to play, uh, but just, just reminding them uh, about the bigger picture. Uh, helping them with their perspective. Um, thankfully, we haven't had any, uh, you know, positive tests in our, on our team, and they've been healthy and safe, and, uh, and that's the most important. And when it's time to, to play again, um, we'll obviously put those decisions uh, where, where they need to be with, with Dr. McElroy and our cabinet and our president, and, uh, and our focus has always been uh, we'll be ready to go when, when that decision is eventually made. The coaches were asked what the hardest part of this decision was. Uh, it, it, our seniors, you know, I, I think um, you think of them, uh, you know, immediately. Um, you know, their last chance maybe for for some of them to to play a competitive hockey game. Um, you know, at the at the highest level. Uh, so your your heart goes out to them, uh, and then down the line through your through your roster. Um, you know, this. You know, it hasn't just been, they've been doing this their whole lives. You know, a lot of them have been wearing skates since they're five. And uh, it just kind of puts, uh, per, you know, things into perspective for you that, you know, these decisions are, are massive. And, um, you know, a lot of people are making a lot of sacrifices. Um, they're they're going to make, you know, a, a, another big one here uh, without being able to play. So I guess that's where my mind went right away is our, uh, our four returning seniors and, um, and making sure that they're okay and, and we start planning for, uh, for what their futures are going to be and, and getting them in the best spot possible. 
Thank you, Brian. Dave, follow up on uh, Mike, Michael's question, please. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, I, I think this is such may, maybe the biggest question or biggest answer. Um, it's all hard. Like everything is hard about this. It's hard studying remote only. Their on-campus experience is not the same. Um, their identity. So much of these young people, mental health is 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 hard for them because their identity is as a hockey player. They came to RPI to play hockey, um, and now that's been removed. So their routine is disrupted. Their conversations with their friends and their family is disrupted. Their academic pursuit is disrupted. Um, there isn't a thing about this that's that's convenient or easy. Um, this is this is a um, you know I'm not a huge historian, but the, the 1918 flu and then now this. I mean, this is a, a once in a generation you know event that we're in the middle of. So everything is hard. The answer is everything is hard, and it's our job to help these guys um, through this challenge right now. And um, we spend um, all of our time doing it because of our commitment to them and, honestly, their commitment to us. I asked about how this will affect recruiting down the road. Yeah, um, you know, you you project a vision. Um, Our vision doesn't change. Uh, the road to that vision has changed significantly. Um, you know, the court of public opinion will will cast their votes. Uh, we're not going to get into votes in this conversation, but um, we'll cast their votes on um, what this means for RPI hockey. But um, we have a, a, a very strong message. We have a very great product. It takes time to convince people in the recruiting process about our vision. That's what hurts I think a lot as well in this is that, um, you know, we, we were we were turning some heads. We were turning some heads that, holy cow, look at what RPI is doing. Um, but that's just right in alignment with our vision. So we just continue to do the things that we can do in recruiting that the school allows, that the NCAA allows, that um, time allows, uh, that the programs that we have on the computer allow us to – um, be in more places um, because it's video. It's not physically traveling. But we also have to be extremely cautious because mistakes can be made via video. There's a reason that the Buffalo Sabres, who went to video recruiting a number of years ago, um, got away from that and use it much like analytics are used in our game. It's a good tool, but you make you can make mistakes if it's your only tool. So uh, we keep that in mind every day. Thank you, Dave. Brian, could you address recruiting, please? Yeah, I mean, we're, you have to be patient, I think, as hard as that is. Um, you know, the NCAA dead period, and it's looking that it could go longer, you know, past the January 1 uh, deadline, but we'll, we'll see. Um, but, you know, use all the tools at your disposal, and you, you, you do the best you can. And, uh, you know, we've got a great staff, Mark and, uh, and Tara, you know, are, are on the phones. You know, it's uh, it's about relationships, having uh, great relationships with coaches, uh, you know, in, in, in your in your in your big areas um, and really working the phones. And, um, you know, I think to, to Dean's point as well, the video part scares you and uh, 
and you got to be patient. You know, you got to make sure that you're still making the best uh, decisions uh, to bring the best people into your program. Um, and uh, I'm just going to have to have some patience right now with where the world's at. Mike McGannon asked about the transfer portal, and that was before it was reported that goalie Owen Savory had transferred to UMass Lowell. I'm not going to try and convince him. Um, you know, we've had, if they're a sophomore, we've had 700 days or longer to convince them by the way we currently interact with them. Um, some of them feel their own hockey time clock ticking, and it's important that they satisfy that. My job is not to convince them today. Um, that's a Hail Mary. I've, I've had, you know, 300 days, 700 days uh, to show them, and if they decide to transfer, it's primarily um, based on one of two things. They feel like their hockey clock is ticking and they need to play, or they feel their, their academic clock is ticking and they need to go somewhere else. Um, you know, typically the young people come forward with, uh, to them, logical uh, discussions on it. They've thought this through. We're not the opening discussion, um, but I can tell you that uh, we're open to having discussions with them. And if, if uh, they, we give them the information, we inform them, they're going to do what they want. But it's not about convincing them to me. They need to do what's best for them as individuals. And I would say that in almost any circumstance, not just the transfer portal. Thank you, Dave. Brian, anything to uh, provide for uh, Mike's question? Uh, n- not really. I mean, you know, I, I think you're... You always put your players first, and you want you want what's best for them, you know, in their life. And uh, and, you, and you sit there, and you're, you're transparent. You be completely honest, and you talk about options, you know, together. And um, you know those decisions. Uh, you know, you don't want to make rash decisions. I think, and uh, and it comes down to relationships. And you know, like like you've talked about, we've uh, you know we've had relationships with these players. Some of them going on four or five years. Um, so, you know, uh, I think they know where our, our head's at, our heart's at, and we want to, you know, we want to do what's best for them, their careers. And there's a lot of different things that come into that decision, uh, that you want to talk out and make sure whatever, whatever they decide, uh, that, uh, you know, that they're confident in the decision and it's, uh, it's going to be best for, for them. Now on to union athletic director, Jim McLaughlin, men's coach, Rick Bennett, and women's coach, Josh Skiba were available to answer questions. The trio had opening statements and then took the questions from the media. Incredibly difficult and disappointing day. Um, we finally, we had a Zoom call with our student-athletes this morning at 11 a.m. And I knew it was going to be difficult. I didn't know it was going to be that difficult. Just heartbreaking given how hard they worked and uh, wanting to move on. But... Um, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that we were doing the responsible thing. Uh, the priority that guided us was the health, safety, and well-being of our student-athletes, our coaches, and our staff, and also the health, safety, and well-being of the entire campus community, including our surrounding campus community. And, um, you know, we, we waited as long as we could because we wanted to see if we could find a path forward. But, you know, over the last week when we see a million cases in six days, it just didn't appear to be the responsible thing to do for the entire community and for everybody involved. But it certainly doesn't dismiss the disappointment for our student-athletes, coaches, fans, and everybody else. Thanks, Jim. Um Rick, excuse me, start with you if you have some uh, some opening comments. Yeah, I, 
again, I appreciate, you know, our, our administration, you know, waiting, you know, to the last second here to see if we could figure out, as, as Jim said, a path to make this work. And at the end of the day, it, it, it was the right decision um, based on the way the trend is and player safety, health, community safety. It, it was absolutely the right decision. So, um it is an unfortunate, and the people I feel the most for are our student athletes. Thanks, Rick. Uh, Josh, any opening comments for you as well? Yeah, I think when when you look at our players, I mean, certainly a disheartening day for the players. I mean, I think they're they're going through a bunch of emotions right now, right? You got kids that are sad, you got kids that are frustrated, um, kids that are angry, right? And I think um, they're going through that as as part of their process. But I think, um, you know, quite honestly, when you look at this, I think what what we appreciate is is the time and effort that was put into this decision, and it's a hard decision. And I, you know, I thank Jim, I thank President Harris, I thank Strom, I thank everybody that was involved in the process to coming down to. Ultimately, what what is the right decision given the, the circumstances, given the the world around us, right? And I think, um, you know, for me, if, if there's one silver lining, I guess, for our team, uh, for both teams, is that through hard decisions uh, comes growth, right? And I think we're looking forward to uh, what kind of growth we can have and how we can thrive as a program moving forward. So um, to me, that's exciting. And we'll look forward to that. All right. Um, thanks, Josh. Um, we can open up now if anyone has any questions to ask the coaches. We can kind of open up here for questions. Okay, for Rick and Josh, uh, what's the long-term effects you think on recruiting, keeping players from uh, entering the transfer portal? And for Jim, what's the financial impact? Can I can go first. I mean, um, for for our players, I think I think first and foremost, they they're going to take a deep breath here and kind of process everything here. Um, you know, I think we're, we've been very lucky. The kids that that we have here want to be at Union, and I'm pretty confident at the end of all this, when they take a deep breath, that we're going to have some productive conversations. That they're going to want to come back, um, quite honestly, in the winter term and, and develop and, and work on their game and be ready for next season. Um, so to me, that's what we're looking forward to. Um, you know, we're not really going to sit and talk about the transfer portal necessarily if kids want to leave that's their prerogative but i'm pretty confident that we have the right kids here that kids that want to be at union for the right reasons ken we're just in quite honestly in the listening phase uh the 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 transport portal has not even come up so we just want to listen to our players first uh evaluate and we'll we'll figure it out from there and that's and that's the process that Men's hockey's taken. So, Ken, I'll just... Oh, sorry, uh, go ahead, Jim. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll state that um, I can honestly share that in the conversations I had with President Harris and Vice President Dacker, finances never entered into our conversation. And, uh, you know, as far as what it may cost to compete or uh, losses or different things like that. So, can I say in a normal year that the, the, the losses would be pretty significant, but given the fact that it was going to be a shortened season, uh, no fans in the stands, which leads to uh, less advertising, concession sales, all of those things, the the, the financial impact will be minimal. Question for Rick. Um, Josh touched on this with the, with his team. Rick, uh, what, what kind of reaction did you get from your players? Well, it was just from a Zoom call. We're going to meet with our players here one-on-one tomorrow. Um, there's actually a day tomorrow. It's 
opens up a lot of time that we'll we'll take advantage of before they, you know, head into finals uh, week. So you know, we're just going to take it one one player at a time, and that's like I said, that's the process that we're going to take. And then we'll we'll gather all the information with each player, and we'll start to make build. <laughs> they'll start to make decisions, and we'll work around that. It's a question for Rick and also Josh. You guys were practicing. Did you think you were going to get to play? Did, was it getting to the point where, hey, I think we're going to get to play? To, we, had, we had a pretty good run there for a few weeks, um, like as a full team. And it, it felt pretty good. But, you know, at the end, we, we weren't in contact. So, you know, it was what it was. But, yeah, I think we had not, you know, we, we had hope that was going to happen but hey it didn't it didn't happen so now we just gotta rally around you know this 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 recent news when the uh ivies announced announced uh, uh last thursday that they were going to cancel their winter sports and then rpi on monday announced um that they were canceling did you guys see the writing on the wall that it was inevitable this this was what's going to happen at union so, so I did not, Ken. You know, we, we, we had engaged in conversations throughout the past couple of weeks, just like every other institution. And we were going to arrive at our own decision, what was best for Union College, what was best for our students. And we just felt that given the recent trends and where this is going, that it just wasn't the responsible thing to be doing. Well, for Rick and Josh. Josh? Um, no, I, th- I think, for, honestly, for us, I think, you know, we, we've tried to be, the, the focal point has been union. What, what is union and what are we doing on a daily basis to prepare ourselves to be able to play games um, and to have a season, right? So, um, you know, we just want to make sure that we were taking care of ourselves, worrying about ourselves, and, and only focus, co- quite honestly, on union. You know, when Liberty League came down, all that other stuff, uh, we just wanted to focus on, hey, it doesn't, that's not us yet. Um, we've got to do what we need to do to take care of business here at union. Ken, I just gotta basically echo what Jim and Josh said, and then that's that's how we did. It was a day by day process, and we actually called it practice by practice. How to get to the next practice, how to get to the next team left, and that's what we did. I think that helped. Yeah, and Ken, for months we we had talked about our time frame, and it was going to be mid November. Right, it was very important for us to make sure that we alerted our students before they left campus before the end of this current fall term. So we remained true to our time frame and uh, announced in mid-November. Will teams continue to practice? So right now, Tim, we're in our last day of classes. Uh, they'll have a reading day tomorrow and then go into final exams. Um, so for now, they'll they'll uh, just focus on their academics, focus on their finals. Uh, our student-athletes will leave campus once they complete their finals. Uh, they'll come back in the first week of January. We'll restart classes January 11th, and we will be engaged in practices throughout that time, throughout the upcoming term, skill work, and different things as well, too. For Rick and Josh, that being said, is it tough practice and not have anything to look forward to as far as games go that's a fair question 
I've never been down that path before, so I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, but we're going to make the most of it. Hey, who knows, Tim? Maybe the coaches will put the equipment on and play a little bit too. Here we go. Here we go. Josh, what do you think of this? That um, I, I will tell you, I think uh, I've never been down that path either, uh, but I will say I know how we're going to frame it just in, in using the year, obviously, for more development, especially for our younger players that are here. Um, you know, we want to spend some time with them individually, even if we don't get to contact again, whatever, it doesn't matter. We get to be out there doing skills and practice and help them uh, improve their game for next season. Um, what I will say is that we are undefeated. There is no line combinations. There's nothing like that. So there's a lot more freedom. I would say that uh, for that instance, I would say it's going to be uh, an exciting and fun environment for, for the girls for sure. How does this affect? Uh, sorry, say, Jim, Jim, you may want to speak like, because I know the, the fall sports obviously went through this where they, had, they knew from the very beginning they weren't going to be playing for most of the season. Um, do you have any, any talk to any of the fall coaches about, you know, what it was like for them? I heard some coaches even say that it was – in some ways took the pressure off them a little bit and allowed them just to just to get into to development and not have to worry about, you know, being on the line for the next game or being the starter for the next game. It kind of takes some pressure off a little bit. So I think we realized very quickly that um, being back on campus and being together as a team was just incredibly important to them and the ability to engage with each other and all of those different things. And, and I'll say, you know, that, that that's something that, really factored into this decision here. Um, we're a residential liberal arts campus and a uh, small school engaged in small classes, different things like that. And we, we wanted to make sure that we weren't going to do anything to compromise our learning environment, to allow students and faculty to be in the classroom here. And we felt participating in athletics could lead to uh, increases in the virus and uh, end up with situations like we've seen at Syracuse, Oneonta, and Albany. And we want to make sure we do everything we can to be able to stay on campus. Uh, Rick and Josh, how does this affect recruiting? Uh, I mean, obviously, I think we're in a dark period right now. But as far as being able to recruit for players for next season and the recruits that have come in this year, how does this affect all that? Well, again, that's a process that we're going to talk to our current team first. Um, you know, we got to evaluate the recruits that we have um, that have committed to Union College see where they're see see where they stand as well and then just find that perfect balance coming in so ken i I just want to interject there so we saw an announcement on thursday we saw an announcement on monday we saw an announcement on tuesday this isn't going to be the last announcement now this is uh we're going to see more of this and i think it'll help level the playing field now, will seniors get the option to have another year? And if that's the case, with another class coming in, how does that affect everything? So, Tim, I'll answer the first part and then turn to the coaches for the other part. So, so yes, seniors and everybody involved on the roster will have another year. And uh, they'll, they'll have that... To, Rick talked about the conversations that are coming up, that he'll engage with them to talk about what their path will be. That's something we were very clear about on the call today to, to make sure that we follow up with the individuals to present all the available options to them. 
which could mean staying on path uh, to graduate, finishing out your academic career, and utilizing that year as a graduate transfer. I think we've seen on the transfer portal many of the Ivy League players that are doing that. But you know, the one thing that we've talked about is there's the possibility for deferral in the winter and spring terms and coming back for the fall and winter next year to compete. So how that affects the team and the recruiting, I'll turn to the coaches on that. I think I think for us, I mean, again, very similar to Rick. We, we're going to handle everything individually. We want to meet with every kid individually, um, starting with those seniors to see what their game plan is to map that out, um, and, and kind of go from there. But I think it's it's going to be a discussion with each individual player. That's the same, Tim. I don't, you know, just going to go forward with that and talk to each senior, just like everyone. Everyone's in the same boat. I know the seniors is a bit different, and you know. For some, they just have a huge decision. Was that the last time, the last their last game, wearing the jersey, like in or, or not? Like it's gonna it's gonna come from them. But I know our coaching staff. I know Jim and the administration are gonna support whatever these these seniors decide to to do. Rick and Josh, can you just? sum up your feelings i mean i know how bad you feel for everyone but how bad do you feel for yourselves if any i think uh, i think for myself i think you know i, I had the, the misfortune of being at niagara university when the program folded there um and i i think i think back to that time um and i think it, it's hard to think about yourself like it's hard to to really think about yourself during this you know, we're very lucky in what we get to do and um, we're going to continue to do it, quite honestly. I think for the girls, you, you think back to your college career and you think how uh, their college athlete, as a student athlete, their career just got altered. Uh, they're missing a year and, you know, even though it's the right decision, it just it changed, right? And I think you think about them and how you can help them and how you can help uh, figure out their process for the better from here on out. So it's really not even about us. It's, it's more about the players, each of them, and um, trying to make sure that they're, they're helped in the right way. Yeah, Tim, I, I respect your question, but this is not an I thing. And I just feel for our student athletes and everyone across the country that's lost someone to COVID and the numbers. That's that's who I think of. Rick, um, when will you be able to announce a replacement for Jason Tapp? Oh, we're still working on that. You know, Ken, we're just going going through the process. And uh, as far as a timetable, you know, it's just just taking some time. But we want to be one hundred percent comfortable with our decision. Mike McAdam joins me next. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast. I'm Dr. Howard Zucker, New York State's health commissioner. It's flu season, and it's always a good idea to get the flu shot. But this year, it's more important than ever. A flu shot won't prevent COVID-19, but it will lower your chances of getting seriously sick from the flu. If you do get sick, the shot can lessen your symptoms and help you feel better sooner. The last thing you or the healthcare system needs during this pandemic is a bad flu season. So please, protect yourself and your community. Get a flu shot now. 
Hi, this is Union Men's Hockey Coach Rick Bennett. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. Well, you heard the uh, reactions of RPI and Union, and now let's get the reaction of the man who covers college hockey for the Daily Gazette, Mike McGadden. And Mike, I guess um, we knew this was coming, and but it was still seemed to be a shock. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a shock just because you're, you know, you, you still have some lingering level of expectation that they could work something out, and then when uh you know the truth finally hits that it's not going to happen you know your your natural reaction is to be to have a little bit of stun um part of the thing that bugs me is back in march um you know i don't know if anybody ever considered the possibility i guess maybe they would have had to that you know we weren't going to be able to kick off this season and then you know seven eight months later and and we still don't have our act together and uh, to the point where these two schools decided um, it wasn't a, a safe and smart move to try to play to play hockey this season so um, that's what kind of drives you crazy is that it's it's a reminder of how little progress and actually we've gone backwards as a country just dealing with this pandemic um, and this is the consequences you know some, some of the consequences of it yeah I got into a discussion with someone online about the they claimed it was a bad decision that union made and i said well you had to you have to make it political here unfortunately because if the president trump had taken this seriously from the get-go we wouldn't be in this situation we'd be seeing crowds at the games when but uh we're this is where we're at right now my thing is there's a quarter of a million people dead and so to criticize anybody for erring on the side of caution right now that's really a stretch you know that's why you know i you know i'm i'm supporting both schools in their decision um one thing i i will be interested in asking if you know we get at some point we're probably gonna i'm gonna try to talk to some of the players um uh certain specific ones that you're wondering about their future but um one question i want to ask them is among their various reactions and questions that they have for the administration and the coaching staff is, and it's a natural question, is, well, these other conferences have figured out how to play. Why couldn't we figure out a way to play? But in the meantime, we're still we're seeing teams fall by the wayside. Like, it's not even on a daily basis. It's like, hey, you got to check your Twitter feed every hour or so to see who's next to, to cancel or postpone or having a problem or on pause it's it's like herding cats except every time you catch one and throw it in the bag there's a chance it might disappear so um you know it's still a very much a fluid situation and i have a hard time criticizing any school for for um deciding not to play under the circumstances of course we're seeing a little bit of a, a fight back by rpi we i saw something on twitter the other night that uh the players are trying to, you know, change the administration's mind. I mean, they haven't had ice down there. They haven't had, you know, players working out. I mean, I mean, it seems like uh, maybe they're taking inspiration from RIT, which got their program uh, back on track. But uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to work. I mean, good luck with all that, especially, as you mentioned. I mean, they haven't even progressed far enough along in you know the practice situation as union had and at least union had the whole team on the ice at the end there and and still will be able to do some practice. i mean rpi doesn't even allow team activities on campus right now so they're, te- they're technically they're not even really haven't been practicing so 
Um, I, I didn't, and me personally, I haven't, I didn't see this uh, uh, tweet or wherever you saw it of the movement that they were trying to change some minds. It, it is reminiscent of RIT. Um, I think RIT is in a different boat because they were kind of making preparations for a season like you know, like you normally would, as opposed to RPI, which was not and didn't want to be lumped in with the, you know their Division Three uh, Liberty League cohorts once the Liberty League canceled all the winter sports. So I think that it, it sounds similar, but it's not quite the same thing because RIT was kind of you know ready to rock, yeah. and uh, so. Uh, um, you mentioned about you know teams on the you know schedules and all that. We I, I talked with Steve Metcalf of the Hockey East uh, on Wednesday. He'll be on part two of the podcast on Friday, and shortly after I talked to him, a few hours later, there were some schedule changes in Hockey East. So and we see Vermont uh, is going to be is on pause for a couple weeks. And last night, uh, Colorado College announced they're putting their hockey team on pause for two weeks. So and I think Jim McLaughlin put us you know very well. I mean. Union's not going to be the only one. You're going to see more announcements of this. There's going to be more announcements, and there's like again. I mean, we're just seeing it's a nonstop stream every day. It's like it's not like one thing hits today, and then maybe there'll be something. It's like you really have to pay attention to what's going on. Um, and I go back to the herding cats thing, where these teams disappear. I mean, you know, a bunch of these conferences have put together schedules, and and you know accommodations like you know the nchc has their whatever their two division pod bubble set up that they're going to all be in omaha nebraska to start and um as you just mentioned colorado college is shut down for two weeks so it's like the best laid plans um you know vanish <laughs> in, in, a, in a single day all it takes is for one school to have a problem and there's problems all over the place a lot of the component with the ECAC obviously was the Ivy League, was half the league is uh, made up of Ivy League schools. The fact that they uh, last Thursday at the Ivy League canceled their winter sports programs for the season. Uh, you know, now, now the ECAC is down to four teams with uh, you know, Union and RPI out. So where does that leave ECAC hockey with uh, Colgate, Clarkson, St. Lawrence, and Quinnipiac? I don't know. I mean, are they all going to play each other six times? And will that even mean anything if they do? And how are they, you know, you still have some issues with New York State and public gatherings. And granted, this wasn't going to be, nobody's attempting to do this with fans in the stands or anything like that, um, which is so old at this point. It's like you, you don't even, it's not even worth mentioning anymore. I can remember you know, early on when stuff was opening up again, you, you had to have that um, qualification every time. You said, but there's no fans there. Like, I, you know, but it gets beaten out of you after a while because it's not, not even necessary to say that. So ECAC, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Um, and whatever it is, it, it's, you know, they're going to have a difficult time getting non-conference games. I mean, Union, before they shut down, they had three games kind of listed on the college, collegehockeystats.net website that were just kind of tentatively lined up against um army sacred heart and liu and meanwhile army had to you know had to postpone their first two games and and uh not that that had any effect on union because they were canceled anyway but ecac i'm not sure really what a good option is for them right now with so few teams um but meanwhile those four teams if they really want to play it's going to be very difficult for them to get any out-of-conference games because these teams are in their bubbles and they're not, going to, you know, outside of some accommodations that were made early, like Arizona State is is kind of a de facto member of the Big Ten this year. Um, it's too late to pull anything like that. 
Um, so really, I mean, they would just wind up playing each other a lot. <laughs> and then will that, how meaningful will that be? How do you think this will hurt recruiting and we have a player transfer, possibly getting the transfer portal? We know we've heard that Owen Savory, the RPI goalie, was supposedly in the transfer portal. Yeah, it's a big problem anyway, but it's also a big problem because no one's really been through this before. And so there's no playbook or template on, you know, what to do about that. I know one, one of the accommodations that Jim McLaughlin said that was communicated to unions players was that they would be able to defer, um, the, you know, the second and third trimesters academically, come back next fall and, and have those two trimesters available academically, and they would coincide with hopefully a hockey season next year. And we don't, there's no guarantee that that's even going to happen the way things have been going. I mean, um, so there are options. Um, you know, I, I feel uh, particularly beyond the recruiting side of things, I feel bad for RPI because they really had built a lot of momentum at the end of last season and, and looked like, um, you know, Dave Smith's third year as head coach that they were kind of turning it around and, and really had some nice momentum and they had a lot of things in front of them. So, you know, if Owen Savory winds up leaving, I'm not sure where he's going to go, where there's going to be a spot for him, where, you know, um, it's so late in the season. Is it? it I mean, are they even going to be able to get all the paperwork and, and all that stuff squared out away? I know these kids desperately, desperately want to play, and I don't blame them, and they don't want to miss a season. But um, I'm just not sure what he would be able to assemble that would be, you know, helpful and and uh, you know worthwhile. All the trouble, um, you know. Me and then meanwhile, the other side of the coin is union. Um, you know, they had a very interesting freshman class kind of um, emerge last year, so it had been. I was kind of looking forward to see what, what their team was going to look like this year, just with that, you know, the, the now sophomores, um, even besides whatever they had coming in freshmen, they had, you know, some solid seniors. It had been interesting to see, you know, what Jack Adams could do after he blew out his knee and missed his junior season and then, you know, worked his – tail off in the off season to get back into form and Darian Hansen is going to be his senior season you know again we're going to have to pick up the pieces maybe in the next couple of weeks and check in with some of these kids to see what they're thinking um but in the meantime um both men's programs um you know the timing of this is never going to be good for anything or anybody but for them it, it it's a setback and back to your original recruiting you know, I mean, are they going to have to re-recruit the kids that they already have come in um, because they're not playing? And um, so, yeah, it opens up a whole barrel of monkeys that uh, nobody really, you know, has a good, you know, template to, to go by of, of, you know, what do you do under these circumstances? What do you think the long-term ramifications are going to be for these programs and the Ivies? Um, the ones that shut down, it's got, it's got to hurt immediately. I mean, I, we heard that a lot of the Ivy kids are already in the transfer portal. So you're going to lose the kids that you already got in there and you're going to have no body of evidence from this season to show future recruits that, you know, your program is, is doing well and it's a place that they want to go to outside of some of the other reasons, you know, academic purely or, or things like that. So it's, they have to take a hit. There's no way this isn't going to affect that, especially be, again, because so many other conferences, and teams are playing when you're not. Um, that, that's that's like a double jeopardy, double whammy setback there. Um, but again, those teams are playing for now. I mean, for how long? Who knows? I mean.
Uh, one, of the, one of the questions I asked both um, Jim McLaughlin and uh, Lee McElroy was the financial impact. Uh, obviously, you're not making money of this, but uh, you know, Jim McLaughlin said they're not going to. It's not an issue, which I kind of thought was a surprise. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was, your your gut reaction to what he said was that he's he's just trying to downplay it, um, but he, he did mention the fact that uh, you know they weren't going to be able to let people in anyway, so you're not getting any. I don't you know. I don't have a breakdown of their revenue, um, but you know, union is defined technically as a hockey school, and um, so it, it's got to hurt your brand to some degree, um, but. Straight economic financial revenue standpoint, I'm not sure, um, you know, without having actual numbers in front, how much it's going to hurt them. Um, same thing with RPI. Um, so that side of it, I mean, it's natural to believe that it's going to hurt somehow, but I think it's the more significant damage is just what it does to the programs and, and uh, you know, the recruiting and, and the kids that you have there, right, uh, you know, for the time being. That, that's got to might not be as quantifiable, but I would think would be more uh, significant. Final question, your gut feeling. Will we, will we start the 2021-22 season on time? I mean, my initial knee-jerk reaction is no, um, just because I don't really can't, frankly, hate to be, you know, a, um, you know, a pessimist, but I haven't really seen a lot of evidence that we're turning this thing around right now. I mean, it's gotten worse. Now, with new administration in there, you know, they're going to try to turn it around despite the fact that their hands are going to be tied to some degree with all the idiocy that's going on. But um, I just don't have a lot of confidence that we're going to get to the point. Now, again, that's, that's a year from now. But like I said a little earlier, I mean, back in March, would you have imagined that we weren't going to have a 2020-21 season? And my gut reaction then would have been, yeah, we're going to have one. It's going to look a lot different. It's going to be different. It's, you know, going to be limited, but at least there will be one. And that, and all the signs were in place that they were giving it their best shot to pull one off, but it didn't happen for some schools and the ones that, you know, we're, we're interested around here. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, I've said this a million times every time questions like this come up. I'll believe it when I see it. All right, Mike, appreciate it. Uh, we'll keep uh, you know, on top of the situation. And, uh, I mean, it's really no good news right now. There really isn't, um, except the Miami Dolphins are on the roll. So yeah. we, can, we can end with that. <laughs> My Eagles and I won it with that. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, back to wrap up part one of this uh, special college hockey podcast uh, in just a moment. Hey, football fans, the Daily Gazette You Pick'em Football Contest is back. Predict the winners of the weekly games via your You Pick'em online account. The fan with the most correct points each week gets their name in Thursday's Daily Gazette and wins a $100 ShopRite grocery gift card. The fan with the most overall points after 23 weeks wins a $1,000 travel voucher and could win a trip to Hawaii. To play, go to dailygazette.com football and create your account or use your past account. Select the teams you think will win. You may enter your picks and score predictions five minutes before the start of each game. For official rules, go to dailygazette.com football. For questions concerning the local contest, 
Contact Randy Lewis at rlewis at dailygazette.net. The trip to Hawaii is part of a national contest. The You Pick'em Football Contest is run by the Daily Gazette Advertising Department and not associated with the Daily Gazette Sports Department. Hi, this is RPI Men's Hockey Coach Dave Smith, and you are listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. wrap up the podcast check out my parting shots blog for my week 11 nfl picks and tv listings go to dailygazette.com slash category slash sports slash parting dash shots once again i am going head to head with daily gazette news columnist sarah foss sarah went 10 and 4 last week to improve to 146 and 1 i was 9 and 5 to go to 97 49 and 1 keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic. We appreciate the job you're doing in this difficult time. The second wave of the coronavirus is hitting us, so please be vigilant. Keep wearing the face mask while you're out. Be considerate. Be safe. That wraps up another edition of the Party Shots podcast. I'd like to thank Mike McGanna for coming on the show and for the RPI and Union Athletic staffs for conducting their press conferences. As I mentioned in the open, this is a two-part podcast on college hockey. My guest on part two will be Cornell men's hockey coach Mike Schaefer, new Hockey East Commissioner Steve Metcalf, and Wisconsin State Journal college hockey writer Todd Miluski. I'll post that edition of the podcast on Friday. The Parting Shots podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and SoundCloud. Subscribe today. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Slapshots. The views expressed in the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Party Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey, be smart, stay safe.